All right. Well, there are some positives to Pastor being sick. For me, that is. Not for him, but uh, I enjoy the opportunity to get to preach tonight. And uh, Numbers chapter number 13. Numbers chapter number 13 tonight. And uh, I hope your new year is uh, getting kicked off and uh, about a, just over a weekend. And uh, we've already seen the Lord bless and answer prayers. And man, it's exciting to still look back and see what God has done. And uh, God has truly blessed us this past year. And looking forward to what God is going to do this coming year, 2019. And I hope you've got some goals, you've got some personal things uh, spiritually that you're striving for. And that you want to see accomplished in 2019. And uh, we're going to look at some things tonight that um, will, if we allow them to, it will keep us from getting victories. If we allow it, it will stop us from getting those blessings of God. Uh, but there's also the other way. If we don't allow it to get into our lives, then uh, we can be more successful. And uh, so we're going to look at the danger of doubt tonight. The danger of doubt. You know, I can look back in 2018 and, and I can see there were some times when I had some doubt. I can't get up here tonight and stand before you and tell you that uh, there wasn't any uh, doubt that I had in my life or that there wasn't uh, times when I would even question God. I think if we're honest, we all find ourselves at that point sometime. Uh, but we've got to realize what doubt can do. And we've got to address it, and we can't allow it to uh, keep going on. We see that uh, as it goes on, it progresses, and it gets bigger and bigger. And we see that uh, it can destroy us eventually if we allow it. Uh, in Numbers chapter number 13 here, uh, we're going to read, uh, let's start in verse number 1. We're going to read the first three verses, and then we're going to jump down and and read uh, in verse number 23. Um, but it says there in uh, Numbers 13, verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto thee, the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran, all those men were heads of the children of Israel. Now let's skip down to verse number 23. And they came unto the brook of Eshcol and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes, and they bear it between two upon a staff. And they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. The place was called the brook Eshcol because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence. They returned from searching of the land after 40 days, and they went and came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told them and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and there is the fruit of it. You see, right off the bat there, they say, okay, here's the good things, but they just kind of fly right by them. You see there in the next verse, it says, Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities 
are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anka there. The, Am- the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome. You see, it wasn't long for the negative things to overtake those ten spies. Uh, They see the positive, they see some of the wonders of this land, but it was the negative things that they focused on. Uh, They started to doubt what God had already told them he was going to give them. Uh, We see that uh, the Christian life is a series of times of troubles and blessings. Uh, it's uh, you're either going through a valley or you're coming up on a mountain, and and that's how life is. There's ups and downs to life today, but see, when we experience uh, either it's a time of waiting on God or just simply looking to Him and following after Him, uh, we see the children of Israel were wandering in the wilderness. We see they were they had just come out of God had brought them out of captivity in Egypt. Uh, they had seen wonders that God has done, but yet we see that we find them complaining and murmuring and this vicious cycle that they go through that we're all very familiar with. You know, but it's the unbelief and the doubt that is going to break our fellowship with God. The unbelief and the doubt in our mind is going to hinder our moving forward for God and His blessings to be able to be upon our life. So I want to look at a few things tonight that doubt will do and how we can keep from allowing that to control our lives. But let's go ahead and ask the Lord's blessing uh, before we move on. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would just be with us tonight. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us through your word. Lord, I pray that you would encourage us and challenge us tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Number one, I see that doubt will deceive you. Doubt will deceive you. You know, God had commanded Moses to send these 12 spies out. And Moses did as God said, and and these men went. But see, God didn't really send these men in to see whether they could conquer the land or not. See, God had already said, hey, I have promised you I'm going to give you this land, but... See, it was more of a, would they go and would they take this opportunity to demonstrate complete faith and trust in God? Or would they be fearful by the surroundings and fall into disobedience? And see, in the Christian life today, we're faced with those same choices. We can either walk by faith today or we can walk by sight. And many times we can find ourselves walking by sight because we want to be able to see what's ahead. We want to be able to determine where we're going and the end destination. But sometimes God says, hey, no, you just need to trust me. Hey, you need to just follow me and allow me to lead you. You know, ten of the spies gave their opinion instead of just giving their report. See, in their eyes, they were just grasshoppers. In their eyes, they couldn't overcome. In their opinion, they were not strong enough. They didn't have what it would take to overcome the warriors of the promised land. See, in their opinion, it wasn't capable. It wasn't possible. 
Once again, they had forgotten the promise that God had given them. You know, we have to make sure that we don't operate in our opinions today. That we're not operating in our own philosophy, and, but that we're operating in the Word of God. And that we're operating in the Spirit. And we're allowing the Spirit to lead and to direct us. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not unto thy own understandings. But in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. See, the children of Israel found themselves in a position where their own understanding was better than God's. See, they didn't understand why God would bring them out here in the wilderness to die, and they'd be better off back in captivity. And, but all along, that's leaning on their own understanding. See, you don't need to hear my opinions tonight. You need to hear from the Word of God, a, a biblical principle that we can apply to our lives to, to better ourselves and to watch out for the danger of doubt in the Christian life. Think about this, if you would. Ten men, ten men's doubt persuaded an entire nation to disobey God. Just ten men, their doubt deceived the, the whole nation of Israel to say, hey, you know what, we can't, to turn their back on God. You know, a lot of people today doubt that there's a real hell. That's why they don't need God. Uh, they doubt in their mind, uh, uh, there's not a real place called hell. I don't really have to worry about the consequences of sin. I don't have to deal with my sin. Why do they doubt this? In their mind, hell, hell is not a real place. And, and that's why we have, to, we have to be continuously sharing the gospel with them because it's only going to be the power of the Word of God that will change that doubt, that will change their mind. What does somebody have to do to be saved? They've got to first realize they are in need of a Savior. But we see how ten men's doubt, man, it played a, a major role and affected a lot of people in our passage here. You know, when it comes to our lives, we have to realize that our doubt influences a lot of people. You think uh, not only your immediate family, but your spouse, your children, your grandchildren. But you think about those that are around you, your church family and your co-workers and your neighbors. And Man, our doubt is, is putting, playing in their mind that when we doubt God, that what is that saying about our God? Oh, he's not really as big as you think he is, then, is he? Is he really? And it starts to put doubt in their mind. We see that doubt is very contagious. You know, and this was not God's desire for the children of Israel. This was not what he had in mind for them. He wanted them to go and see this land and for them to say, Wow, look what God is going to give us. Look what God is going to give us the abilities uh, to overcome these folks. And God is going to give us this land. Exodus 3, 7, 8, the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land, 
and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey. See, God's desire was for them to have this land and, and for them to dwell in this land. See, we see a big difference between the ten uh, spies' report and Joshua and Caleb's report. There's a big difference. One report was based on their own opinions when we see one report was based on faith and trust in Christ. We see that Joshua and Caleb had a report of faith and they looked and they saw this land and they said, hey, this is what God's promised us. And they tried to convince those other ten, hey, no, no, no. When they were going through, they saw that. And Caleb stilled the people. He says, no, 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 hey, don't, don't listen to that. Don't fall into that. Hey, that, that's deceiving of what God can do. Don't allow that doubt to fill your mind tonight. The devil will, he will gladly try to fill your mind with doubt. Doubt and fear and unbelief. God will be leading, God will be directing, and he'll be right there to try. Now, you really don't want to do that now, do you? You really think God wants you to do that? Or you really think God can get you through that? And he will try to get you to doubt God every time. And that doubt will deceive us. See, the choice is up to us of how we will approach the next thing that God puts in our path. Will we move forward in doubt or will we move forward with faith? And we see the result is two totally different things. Not only will uh, doubt deceive us, but number two, doubt will divert you. Doubt will divert you. Because of the doubt of the children of Israel, we see that they are diverted back into the wilderness. Back into wilderness wanderings. Numbers 14, starting in verse number 1. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried. And the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God he had died in the wilderness? We had died in the wilderness. And therefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be prey. Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another, let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. We see, notice that multiple times there it says, and all the congregation, and all the people, and all the children of Israel murmured, complained. They were all against them, and, and so they're coming up with these plans. They would have been better off going back to captivity. We look at this and we think, how in the world could they have that mindset that, man, we would be better off going back to where we were slaves but how many times have we fell into the trap of, and you know what, I, I want to fall back into that old sin. I want to fall back into that old person. Oh, it would be easier. We see that the children of Israel were so distraught over the report that these spies had brought that they had a number of requests here. First, really, the request was of death. Hey, they would have been better off that they had died that they had died in Egypt or in the wilderness, rather to have come this far to be wiped out by the warriors of the promised land. 
You know, I'm thankful that the Lord does not give us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. So you don't allow yourself to be overcome by the negative emotions of those around you because the whole congregation, the whole, all the children of Israel were sucked into this. Also, that they were all into this. And we've got to remember where that fear, where that doubt is coming from. Well, you know, they, they got to thinking a little bit there. Well, maybe their request of death was a little harsh. So they came up with a new plan. They'll just get a new leader. That'll take them back. Take them back to captivity. You know, a question we have to ask ourselves is, have we allowed doubt to divert us from the will of God in our life? You know, the saying, uh, don't undo in doubt what you've done in faith. Hey, what God has told you to do and God has told you to move forward and, and God told Moses, hey, I'm going to use you to lead these children of Israel. And as Moses conveyed that to him and God had a plan and God was working that plan and he, they saw miracle after miracle, uh, they walked across the Red Sea on dry ground. And isn't that amazing? Not muddy ground, dry ground. God had done wonders in their life, but yet they wanted to turn back. They wanted somebody to take them back to captivity. We found ourselves kind of in that same position sometimes, haven't we? When we see God do miracles and work over and over again, that we find ourselves doubting that God can get us through this circumstance. God had already brought them out of Egypt. He had brought them through these number of things. But now, in, in every obstacle that they came to, they come to the Red Sea and they say, Oh man, we're done. This is it. We got the sea in front of us. We got Pharaoh's army behind us. There's no way out. We're goners. God says, No, trust me, I got a plan. God gets them through. Oh, next optional comes up. Oh, we're done. Man, it's over. Oh, God's just got enough power to get you through the Red Sea, but he can't overcome the next, the next obstacle in, in their life. It's a good reminder for us to, hey, remember the, the mighty, powerful God that we serve, that we can overcome and that we can see victory in our life. You think about the prodigal son. You know, I don't think he was thinking about the consequences. He probably doubted that there would even really be any consequences for what he wanted to do. I mean, after all, he, he deserved that and he wanted what was his and he wanted just to go live a life of fun. And he'd been missing out. It wasn't until he found himself in the, the pig pen in the hog slop that he realized going against God wasn't as fun as he thought. Traveling down that road wasn't as fun and as exciting as he thought. And then he started to realize, hey, there were some consequences for his decisions. We have to be careful that we don't justify in our minds the, the things that we are doing. God is watching. God knows why we're doing what we're doing, our motives behind it. We've got to be careful that we don't allow doubt to divert us.
children of Israel allowed doubt in their life to divert them from the will of God. Ultimately, they would not all see the promised land. Which we're going to see that in the next point, that number three, doubt will destroy you. Doubt will destroy you. See, what God is faced with, once again, is a rebellious, stiff-necked people. People would not believe or trust Him once again after all that He had brought them through. And now they're right at the edge of the promised land. But God's heard one too many times, I want to go back. One too many times. Here, I want to go back. We see that God would announce that only the two faithful spies and those 20 and younger would be able to go into the promised land. The rest would wander in the wilderness and eventually die. For their doubt, their unbelief, their disobedience and gone. See, God is patient. God is merciful. God is long-suffering. But God is a just God, and He also has to deal with sin, and He will deal with sin. What promises of God are you struggling with with doubt about? What are some things in your life, some obstacles, some difficulties along the way that you, if you were honest with yourself, you said, and you know what, I've got a lot of doubt in my heart. You know, we can be faithfully going to the Lord in prayer and praying about something, but deep in our heart we have doubt that God is even going to answer that prayer. Or doubt that God even can answer that prayer. You say, we really, no, we don't think that. We, I mean, you ask any of us, we realize, man, is there anything uh, that God cannot do? No, God can do anything, right? God is powerful and God... But yet our talk doesn't always line up with our walk. Because our actions are as if, ah, God doesn't really care about this and God doesn't really want to answer. I don't even think he, he cares about this. Are you struggling with his love tonight? Say, well, I just don't feel like I'm loved by God tonight. You've got to be careful when it comes to feelings. Because what do feelings do? They change, right? So you have to look at the actions. You have to look at the demonstration. God doesn't just say that he loves us. God shows us his love. God demonstrates his love towards us. I can tell my wife all day long that I love her, but if I never go out of my way, if I never do anything for her to show her that love, Me saying I love you is not meaning a whole lot to her. But when I say, hey, I love you, and when I go out of my way to do something to show her that I love her and I demonstrate that love, man, he really means what he says. Aren't you thankful that God really means what he says in his word? But just because he says it and because he means it doesn't mean that we'll apply it to our life. See, it all comes down to whether we're going to apply the promises of God in our life. If we're going to, hey, there's days where you might not feel love, but you've got to remind yourself and you've got to get in the Word of God and say, hey, God does love me. And this is why God loves me. He died for me. 
No greater love. Is it His grace, His mercy that you're downing tonight? Is it His strength and His abilities? You know, there are times when we go to the Lord in prayer and He answers the prayer, but it's not always the answer that we want. It's not always the outcome or the result that we had in mind or necessarily what we wanted, but that doesn't mean that God is wrong. That doesn't mean that God is not working and that God does not care or love about us, but it means that He's got a better plan for us. But see, that, that doubt will divert us right off, right off God's path for us. Is it a doubt of fulfilling some of the commands that God has given us, or is it doubt that we can that we even have the ability or strength to do it? Man, where God leads us, man, He's going to provide. He's going to make a way. He's going to make it happen. You know, I want to encourage you to evaluate where your doubt is coming from. See, if you have, to, if you have a problem, you've got to find out what the source is. Uh, you know, I, I work on the buses around here, and my biggest problem is finding out what the problem is. Finding the source. Uh, you know, we had a bus that broke down a couple weeks ago, and I got some help. I got a professional. I knew what they were doing. And they were able to diagnose the problem and, and to tell me what's wrong. And when you know the problem, then it's like, it might not always be easy to fix it, but you've got a direction you can go. You, you've got a game plan that, that you can fix the problem. But it's finding out what the problem is. Sometimes we don't like to hear what the problem is. But see, we can go to God and He can tell us if there's a problem in our life. And not only can He tell us if there's a problem, but He can explain to us and He shows us in His Word how we can fix the problem. And how we can overcome the problem. But we've got to seek the, the resources that God has given us and we've got to be willing to make the change or whatever He uh, tells us to do. Okay, God, I'm going to do it. Because see, that source of doubt is not coming from the Word of God. It's not coming from the things of God. That source of doubt is coming from Satan. It's coming from the, our flesh. But see, if that doubt is not addressed, then it's going to deceive us. It's going to divert us, and it can even eventually destroy us. In our walk, our fellowship with God. You think about those children of Israel that missed out on getting going to the promised land. They missed out on the blessing of God. Why? Because they allowed ten men. Ten men to deceive them and ten men to change their mind. Remember there was two that saying, hey no, we can do this. We see the reward. They got to see the promised land. They got to go in, but 
that older generation of 20 years and older that didn't get to go in because they missed out on the blessings of God because they didn't follow God completely. Oh, they got to see a lot of miracles along the way. They got to see God work, but they missed the end result. Hey, let's not go our whole life and and see the miracles of God one after another and then come down to the end and not get to see the end picture. Miss out on one of the big blessings that God has for us because we've allowed some doubt to fill our hearts, our minds, some unbelief. God was unable to do mighty works because of their unbelief. And I'm pretty sure that everybody in this room would agree with me that we don't want that to be said about us. Hey, we don't want, because of our unbelief, God not to be able to do mighty works. And God always wants to do mighty works among His people. And we've seen the, the blessing of the hand of God on this ministry. And... 2019, we get to celebrate 25 years. And I've gotten to be a part of this ministry. 2019 will be six years. Man, it's amazing to see where God has brought us. You know, one of my biggest doubts that I had was the first time when I walked into this building. And I was like, huh? You know, on the outside, I was like, oh, yeah, sure, yeah, pretty sure, yeah, that sounds good. Okay, who's doing the work? Where's the money coming from? Yeah, it it took a little bit longer, but we got to get in on more of the blessing that way. I've seen what God can do. And I'm thankful that I didn't miss out on that. And there's times when I had to tell God, man, I'm sorry, Lord, I I doubted you. And I didn't see how we were going to do that. He says, never doubt me. I can do the impossible. God wants to do the impossible in your life. I promise you in 2019... There will be more than one time when, when you have a, a problem or something comes to your life and you think, I'm done. How am I going to get through this? And if we're not careful, we'll start complaining and murmuring. Look what God has done. Look, He's brought us all this way and now He's going to do this to us. And we get to talking and and we start to share that with somebody else. And, and then they start to share that with somebody else. And before you know it, all the congregation was complaining and murmuring. Just that quick. Let's make it a, a personal tonight that, hey, we're not going to be that one. Hey, we can't control what everybody else does. But we can control what we do and how we respond as God speaks to us and allows us to be victorious. 
See, God wants us to live a victorious life. Living a victorious life doesn't mean that there's no problems or no difficulties along the way, but what it means is that we trust God through those difficulties, through those hard times. And we have to remember as Christians today, we're the ones that got the most hope today. Why has God put us here to share His love, to share the sweet gift of salvation, that free gift that we can share and that we can give and offer to others? Don't allow Satan to steal your joy of being a Christian. Don't allow him to steal the blessings that God has for you. Because God's going to say, hey, I want you to go out. I want you to do this. And then it's going to be our choice. Okay, we going forward in faith. All right, Lord, I don't know what you've got for me, but I'm looking forward to see how you're going to get me through this. Or is it, I can't go down that road. There's too many doubts. There's too many unknowns. But it's up to us what we'll do. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed. Musicians will begin to play in just a few minutes. I don't know what you're dealing with, what you're going through tonight. But I do know that Satan's going to be attacking you. Satan's going to try to get you to doubt the promises of God. Satan's going to try to get you to doubt the love of God. He's going to try to divert you. He's going to try to deceive you. And maybe you need to come tonight and just tell God, Hey, don't, I don't want to allow doubt in my life. I don't want to allow these things that are going to distract me from the world. Those spies, they went in and they saw, Yeah, this is a land that's filled with milk and honey. Man, and look at these grapes, and look at these. But, they said, nevertheless, oh, those things are great, but look what we're up against. There's no way. And they forgot the God that they serve. They forgot the God that had said, no, I'm going to give you this land. As the music plays, you come.